Welcome to Eyes West, the podcast for movers looking for a new place to live in the American West and the connections to get it done. Here's your host, Dick Crawford. Welcome, everyone. This is Dick Crawford, and today's introduction was from my guest this morning, Kurt Heater from Grants Pass, Oregon. Kurt and I have trained in the same network for many years, and we have a very similar approach to the business. Today's call is a great opportunity for our listeners to get to know Kurt and the area that he serves up there in Grants Pass. If you would like a formal introduction to Kurt, simply contact your local agent, or you can contact me, and we will hook you up. Thank you for being on the show this morning, Kurt. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, and thanks for having me. It's good to have you with us. Let's start with your work. Take 30 seconds here. Where are you in your real estate career today? Well, I'm just finishing up my 42nd year in the business. I started when my parents opened the, uh, their company in uh, 1979, and I've been through the gamut as a broker myself and then as a principal broker running a traditional office. And now I, I run a team called Team Heater with five licensed realtors, two of which are full-time support role agents uh, as a transaction coordinator and a client care specialist. All right, Team Heater. What is your approach to the business of real estate? We intentionally run our business by referral. Roughly 93, 94% of our business is repeat and referral business. That's a great way to go, and that says a lot about how you do business. Now, as you're doing the business, you're a realtor, and we wear a lot of different hats while we're working with our clients. Describe one of the favorite hats that you have when you're working with a client. Well, I think primarily our role is kind of problem solvers. And I think uh, it involves negotiating, and not just negotiating a transaction, but a lot of times negotiating with our clients first, uh, with the realtors representing uh, perhaps the other side of the transaction, and with the other parties involved. I really enjoy working on that part of the business. So what do you do to help your clients feel comfortable and engaged in the process? Is there anything other than just making sure there's no surprises? We run a pretty high volume as far as the numbers of transactions, but we always remember that all these transactions happen one at a time, and the client sitting in front of us is the most important person at that moment. I want them to know, based on their level of experience going through the real estate process, and fill in as many blanks as I can ahead of time, but let them know that there's no such thing as a bad question. Let them know that i got a team of five people. If I'm out with clients, they can always call the office and reach one of my full-time support personnel that's here. And they're, they're all licensed, and they all have a lot of experience, and they're good at what they do. We'll get their needs taken care of, and if I'm not available, text me. I'll get back to them as soon as I'm available so that they never feel like they're lost in the transaction or nobody's doing anything. There's nothing like a silent phone to start putting stories into somebody's head. Being available and answering questions is an excellent way to help them feel comfortable. Give me three things you want our listeners to learn about your area today. We have a beautiful river known uh, worldwide for its fishing, and that's the Rogue River. And it makes its way down from the flanks of Crater Lake through our, through our valley. And so the Rogue Valley consists of the areas we serve, which is Medford, Rogue River, Central Point, Cave Junction, and, of course, there's a few small uh, birds in and around the area. But primarily, we do most of our business in Grants Pass, but with the advent of technology, we can do an effective job in those areas. And then for areas that are a little, little bit out of our area of expertise, Klamath Falls, Roseburg, Ashland, uh, I have a group of agents that I've done business with before that I'm happy to refer business that way so they can get the best 
care uh, in those areas as well. And your elevation there is about a thousand feet, I think. What's what's the area like? What can someone expect when they visit? Right across the main street, we have a, a sign that says "It's the climate," and uh, that says a lot about where we live. Because even though we have four seasons, none of them are very harsh. Summer times are uh, typically cool nights, warm days. We do have some hundred degree weather from time to time. In a typical summer, maybe a couple of weeks of that. In the wintertime, we'll have some uh, temperatures in the 20s, but again, it's, it's usually a short-lived process. A little bit of snow just to make it fun. If you're not unwilling to bundle up and dress for the weather, you can just about get out and uh, enjoy Southern Oregon all year round. You mentioned that the river comes down from Crater Lake and such, so what's the terrain like? Uh, mostly it's mountainous. Uh, that's the Cascade Range where the Crater Lake is, and we're nestled between the Cascade Range and the Coastal Range. We're about 100 miles from the coast. Grants Pass sits in a little basin uh, surrounded by mountains, and we have that river that goes right through through town. And just west of town, uh, it's met up with the Applegate River, and then a little further downstream, the Illinois River. Hence the name of our uh, medical facility here, Three Rivers Medical Center. Our area is very rural. About 72% of our county is either is publicly owned. Even if we eventually develop all the private land uh, in our county, it's always going to be very rural, very picturesque, beautiful pine and fir-covered mountains, and uh, the river running through it. It's a beautiful place. In fact, uh, in the wintertime, we have a Pacific laurel. It's a slick leaf uh, tree that doesn't lose its leaves all at once. It loses... Uh, the two-year-old leaves every June, so even those trees are green in the winter. Um, so even though we get you know, plenty of deciduous trees, it, it's still green and, and beautiful even in the wintertime. And what's the overall vibe of the uh, city? I like to say it's Mayberry with first-class health care. Most neighbors know their neighbors, friends help friends. Most of these small towns in Oregon, you know, they, the downtowns have suffered as uh, box stores move in or shopping centers get developed. But the Downtown Association in Grants Pass has done a great job of keeping our downtown vibrant uh, throughout the year. The businesses uh, that are still downtown and open and new restaurants and things like that. So uh, I would say we kind of lean a little bit towards the retirement uh, community. But we also have some, uh, some good technology businesses in the area, as well as uh, this is home of a little company, maybe you've heard of them, called Dutch Brothers, uh, which has had a huge impact. Dutch Brothers. Uh, what does Dutch Brothers offer? They do coffee. That's our version of uh, what Washington started with Starbucks. A couple of guys selling coffee out of a little cart downtown, and it's now a multi-million dollar business with uh, franchises all over the Pacific Northwest. Their CEO has put a lot of resources right back into Grants Pass. He is turning Grants Pass into the horse racing center of Oregon. Not only have they improved the track here locally, but they are, are also in the process of building a racino. So we're going to have uh, car mutual betting and first-class horse racing right here in Grace Pass. Now, there you go. That's a cultural shift for you. That's going to be very interesting over the years. Uh, what are some of the other popular activities during the year? Concerts in the park? Or are there any annual festivals or signature community events? 
Well, probably the biggest event that happens in Grants Pass is called Boat Nick, and that happens around Memorial Weekend. It's put on by a local club of volunteers. A few years ago, it was uh, called the second biggest free festival in Oregon behind the Rose Festival in Portland. We take over the city park, uh, which is a 27-acre park on the banks of the Rogue River, and there's uh, crafts and booths, activities on the river, boat races, a parade on Saturday. So it's a little slice of Americana, but besides Boat Nick, there's back to the 50s in the summer. There's concerts in the park for about eight weeks uh, during the summer. The wine industry up here in the last 20 years has just uh, exploded. We've got over 20 wineries uh, within 45-minute drive of Grants Pass. Downtown, I mentioned uh, how active the downtown is. Uh, on the first Friday of the month, uh, shops will stay open later. In the summertime, they have music, wine tasting, things like that. But uh, it's kind of a neat way for citizens in the area to come downtown. It's kind of like uh, meeting up with old friends again. Uh, but that's one of the ways they've uh, kept the downtown uh, vibrant. you got a lot going on up there. Well, I could mention the Shakespearean Festival only 45 minutes away and the Brit Festival. Yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> now, you've been up there. I think you said you've been in, in business for over 40 years, and you just listed off an enormous amount of different things. Take 30 seconds, if you would, and tell me one thing you love about your city and why. You've got some real roots there. If it really boiled down to one thing, what would that be? The more I travel, the more I like where I live, and I, I really enjoy the fact that we have four definite seasons. Springtime is just awesome up here as we start to break out of that winter weather and the days get warmer and, and the mountains just turn a vibrant, bright green. Summer, we get the burn off. Fall is my favorite season because we still have those nice, warm 85-degree days and 50-degree nights. Of course, winters, that's when everything's uh, rejuvenating. But if I had to pick one thing about this area, it's, it's really the four seasons. It's fun in the winter to get out the wool sweaters and the uh, Pendleton shirts, just like it's fun to pull out the shorts and T-shirts in the summer. So <laughs> I like the variety of that. That's a great way to say it. That painted a good picture. You were talking about people coming there to retire and such. Why are people relocating to your area? What are the different reasons? Well, a lot of times when we have people from out of the area, it seems like they know somebody that's from here or they've traveled through here to go down the river on a hillboat excursions or they came up here to go fishing or camping or came up to Crater Lake and stopped in Grants Pass and just like, you know, the little, little town that sits off to the side from uh, I-5. And then there's a certain number of people who just do their research, and they don't want to be in a, a big city. They don't want all the traffic. It's all relative. It's all relative. Exactly right. And it sounds like one of the draws of Grants Pass would be that it's a vibrant little place, but it, as you put it, it's off to the side, and you can get anywhere from there if you really need to. What's the employment outlook? Who are the biggest employers? I think you said there's a, a little bit of development going on in some of the entertainment industry and a lot, of, a lot of wineries coming online. Talk about the employment outlook. As typical with a lot of towns, government services are huge employers. Our school district is a huge employer. Our medical system is a huge employer. We have a, a hospital that was uh, built in like 2001. They have a world-class heart hospital over in Medford that's part of that. We have first-class uh, radiation therapy and, and a hospital with an emergency room here in Grants Pass. So we serve all of Southwest Oregon and Northern California, so it serves a huge area. And it's one of the best medical facilities of its size on the West Coast. So they're huge employers. Yeah, there's some tech industry. There's a lot in the service industry. I think the employment opportunities are wide open if somebody's willing to go to work. 
That's a good way to put it. There's work to be done if somebody's willing to do it. Absolutely. So it sounds like you have a pretty good mix of uh, people and opportunities for people, uh, retirees, professionals, families. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah. We don't really have blue-collar neighborhoods and white-collar neighborhoods. It's really mixed. And I think a lot of people in their retirement kind of like going into neighborhoods where there's activities and kids. And we have a couple of adult communities for those folks who like it a little quieter. How can a new resident get involved in the community, maybe other than Rotary Club or PTA or whatnot? Do you have a few local organizations? I think volunteerism has kind of been a hallmark of Grants Pass. My wife uh, got involved with the Southern Oregon Beekeepers Association, and they're always looking for volunteers. And men in women's mission, hospice, the pink ladies at the hospital, the growers market. So just almost any of these activities um, it, it doesn't take long if a person's got that kind of heart to serve in the area and get involved. The thing is, when people find out that you're willing to serve, uh, they start calling you. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes. Well, it kind of goes along the lines of the comment about employment. Uh, there's work to be done if somebody's willing to do it. That goes along with service as well. Let's talk for a minute about growth. How are regional services keeping up with, with the population growth? Well, I think that's always a challenge for small communities because uh, things start wearing out. We get our city water from the Rogue River. So right now they're uh, in the process of acquiring some land to do a $10 million expansion. This will go on for another 50 years without needing another look at it. Same thing with uh, sewage systems and stormwater systems and things like that. We do a great job in this area, I think, of taking care of roads. And people have come from other areas and said, wow, there aren't man-sized potholes everywhere. Uh, We do a good job of taking care of that. It's just an ongoing process. New construction is carrying some of that burden now. Uh, They've got things in place where new construction is paying some of the freight for future expansion. And of course, our uh, 20-year growth plan just got updated about two years ago. So kind of we're nibbling away at the urban growth boundary. And you mentioned there's a good hospital as well. I I think a first-class hospital, but there's other alternatives. We have actually three medical facilities in Grants Pass, uh, Asante being the biggest. I think that's one of the attractions for people that are in that retirement phase, uh, whether they're active retirement or maybe a little older. They can get some medical services quickly. We have an international airport in Medford, so uh, flying in and out of the valley is is not an issue. Each podcast that I do, each episode that I do, I bring up the comment that retirees just want internet, health care, and an airport. Not necessarily in that order, but that's what they want, and good weather is nice too. You just checked off all the boxes. We can Google the cost of living comparisons and such, um, so we don't need to go down any laundry list, but what's the cost of a gallon of gas right now? Do you know? I think yesterday I paid two thirty nine nine for regular. We're about uh, about a dollar more, it seems. Um, Holy so mackerel. We've invented all kinds of different ways to tax ourselves here in California. <laughs> Uh, speaking of taxes, what about property taxes? That they could be a big deal in California, and they do vary quite a bit around the West. What's the property tax rate up there, and how's that work? We have an assessed value and then a real market value, and it's based on the assessed value, and that goes up three percent a year. Now the rate uh, per thousand in town is about fourteen dollars a thousand. Uh, in the county, it's one of the lowest in the state. It's about six fifty a, a thousand. That approach is very similar to California. RSS value goes up uh, 2% a year. That's a Googleable process that people want more information, they can find that out. 
And we have no local sales tax. Uh, our state income tax is around 7%. I know you can live in other parts of the country where it's cheaper, but I don't think they've got nearly got what we have as far as uh, the weather and the accessibility to uh, all the things we can get to on a tank of gas from Grants Pass. There you go. That was the sales comment of the call right there. Uh, <laughs> more, more bang for your buck in Grants Pass. Right there you there. go. Speaking of bang for the buck, Southern California cities uh, down here, we've got an average price range of 700000 to a, a million uh, between L.A. and San Diego all up and down the coast. And there's, there's different price ranges, of course, across the West. What's the local median or average price range in the Grants Pass, Rogue River uh, Valley area? Well, there's kind of two different price points. One is if you're in town, the average uh, sales price is anywhere from 315 to 340, and the house might be a little bit older and bigger uh, at the lower end of that range. Uh, if you're buying something brand new, it's going to be seen to 1,800 square feet on a maybe a 15 hundredths of an acre lot. And the you know the fit and finish these days is still very nice. Uh, most new construction they're putting granite, heat pumps, upgraded trim and things like that. So they're nice homes. They're not just uh, thrown together. And then out in rural areas, if you're going to buy something on acreage, the median is about 450. At 450, you're probably going to get an older house in the 1,800 to 2,200 square foot range. Prices go up significantly as the houses get bigger and newer uh, when you're buying out in the county. I would say the active price range in the county probably is up to that 6, 650 range now. Can you give me an example of something that you've recently sold that's in that, you know, maybe five to seven fifty range somewhere in there? We sold a home uh, it, right at uh, five hundred thousand. It was about three thousand square feet, built in the eighties. One owner, goofy floor plan. We started at a much higher price point. It was on five acres right on the edge of town with a view of the whole city and valley because it was dated and uh, there was some up updating and upgrading that needed to happen. It took us a while to find the price point. Um, so it sat on the market quite a while. But eventually it sold, and I think it sold at 500000 So they got a whole lot of house on a whole lot of land with a, just a dynamite view of the valley. They got a lot of house for the money and uh, bought themselves a job at the same time. But some other amenities would make it worth putting some additional funds into it. That's a great example because so many times we're talking about houses that are all dolled up, if I can use that term anymore, because HDTV has kind of set a standard for everything's got to be perfect. So you do sacrifice some things when you get perfection inside the house. And so if you can get something that's perfect outside the house, like the view and the acreage and all that, maybe, maybe you have to put some good old-fashioned elbow grease into making the inside what you want. In this case, it sounds like they got a lot of bang for their buck in that particular property. That, that was a good story. What about new construction? Like a lot of areas, things just went dead uh, in that 2008 through 2012 time period. So we got way behind the curve on uh, meeting demand for new construction. A, a lot of communities went through the same thing. I would say that now we have two or three companies that are building uh, these entry-level spec homes that are in that 325 to 350 range. If you're patient, those homes are available, but they've used up just about all of the available inventory as far as lots to build on. And so there's several projects that are under construction right now where they're developing lots. These are builders doing this. And so those packages will be available with the pressure on the market, with the low uh, inventories and the low interest rates. They're probably not going to have much of a problem getting those sold. 
Very true. There's a labor shortage, which you kind of touched on earlier, and there's a material shortage and a material prices have skyrocketed. So that's a very, very big concern throughout the West. How can you help an out-of-town buyer with new construction? I've got experience in it myself, having uh, built my last six homes, so I kind of know it, the nuts and bolts of it. One of my buyer's agents uh, just actually helped two clients uh, through the new, new construction process. There's lots of things with technology today. So there's lots of things that you can do to kind of keep people in the loop. We have a good relationship with the builders, so it's nice to get them face-to-face with their clients. And if there's something that's happening and they're, they're still remote while it's being done, we can, we can keep them updated. It's pretty easy to get out, take a video, show them what the update is. Just try to stay in communication with them, especially if there's changes coming up. And, of course, the best way is to actually get here in person and follow the process. No, of course. Uh, but as you say, technology is, is helping us with that. And you made your one of yep. your earliest comments was stay in touch so that there's, the phone is not silent. And that probably uh, is just as, if not more important with new construction as it is with, uh, with other sales. Can a buyer find a rental for a few months before they buy or while they wait for the construction to be, be, uh, be completed? Uh, so new legislation that was passed last year in Oregon has changed our rental market significantly. There's quite a few owners who have sold off single-family residences that they were renting just to get out of the business. There's a, a handful of professional property management companies. Get your application in. Keep an eye on the market. For out-of-towners, I've actually gone and visited the property for them. But, exactly. but the main thing is to, to be in the game. Don't get discouraged because they're tough to come by, but there's things happening. Life happens. People are moving all the time. And so when one comes available, you just want to make sure you're in the queue and that you have an opportunity to try and tie something up. Some of the hotels and some of the Airbnbs are considering uh, longer-term occupancy at this point because people aren't traveling uh, like they were in the past. Yes, we are seeing a shift. Do you have any other advice for buyers coming, coming your way from out of the area? Get yourself hooked up with a system, or even better yet, a realtor who is actively working in the, in the market and can get you set up on a search site. And then uh, be prepared, uh, because if you're serious about buying a home, there's a lot of competition in, in our market right now uh, because of the low inventories. Make sure that you've got an agent that has listened to what your criteria is and is able to counsel you through uh, the neighborhoods and the areas and things like that. And if you're going to use financing, uh, go get pre-qualified. Don't just get a pre-approval letter. I think that gives you a little bit of a leg up on the competition. Yes, no question about that. And being attached to somebody like yourself who kind of understands that checklist, that's, that's very definitely the way to get started and to make sure that mm-hmm. you're going down the right path. Well, that is all great advice, and we're going to leave it right there. I love spending time with our agents uh, that are in this network of ours and learning more about the areas they represent. And certainly today's call was no exception. Thank you for being on the show today, Kurt. I really appreciate your time. Well, Dick, I so appreciate the uh, opportunity to uh, be an ambassador for Grants Pass, Oregon. I think it's a great place to live. been here my whole life, and there's no place I'd rather be. Well, the pleasure was all mine today, Kurt. You take care and be safe and have an excellent week. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Kurt Heater from Grants Pass, Oregon and the Rogue Valley. He's a very experienced and personable professional ready to help you land on both feet in the Grants Pass area. 
If you would like me to introduce you formally to Kurt, please feel free to contact me or contact your local agent and we will be happy to hook you up. To understand the real value of using a known realtor, uh, known to me and my colleagues, listen to the first episode of Eyes West. It's called the Eyes West Resource and it's at the bottom of the list down there at number one. I make a few points in that talk and the most important one is the value of relationships. In this case, the relationships that I have with these agents. To learn more about me, you can Google me as Dick Crawford Realtor. I'm always available for your real estate needs here in North Orange County and I have trustworthy colleagues throughout California who can help in areas outside my expertise. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening and until next time, be good, be well, be safe.